Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. I hate to tell you guys, but I did it again. I bought another book. <laughs> and not on Audible, and I feel shameful for it. Shame. <laughs> because if I had gone to Audible, I could have gotten a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash profaneargument. But I didn't do that. Nor did I click on my Audible link on our own website, <laughs> profaneargument.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from, and I chose none of them. <laughs> like a moron. And I could have put it on my iPad, Android, Kindle, or my MP3 player. But I didn't. <laughs> Was it Don't a good, be like me. Was it a good book? <laughs> it's Ready Player One. Oh. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Go see the trailer. <laughs> okay. The, the movie's coming out soon. I saw the trailer. I was like, I'm buying that book. <laughs> but And I should have done it on Audible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, July 25th, 2017. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. This week, we will be talking about uh, another update to the Ark Encounter. Michelle Crazy Eyes Bachman. There's no picture of her where she doesn't look insane. (laughs) And a couple of Trump appointments that didn't make the news, at least not the news I regularly see. So, Uh, But first... Uh, we wanted to bring up from our listeners, there was a uh, news article that I didn't see, even though it happened in our home state of Pennsylvania. A Pennsylvania couple was arrested for selling their daughters to a religious prophet. Uh, this happened in the southern section of Pennsylvania. I don't remember the town name. Ferriesville? Fe- Fe- Feasterville. 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 There we go. <laughs> forget Feasterville. And the it- most redneck sounding town ever. <laughs> Eastern, by the way. It is near Philadelphia. Okay. I, I'm going by the article. It says southeast, but okay. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So these, uh, this couple used to be Amish, and I don't know how exactly this happened. Somehow they broke from the Amish community. And they were having trouble, financial trouble with their farm. And they found this guy who was willing to give them money named Lee Kaplan. This guy was willing to give them money if they sold him their daughters. Uh, It started with their eldest daughter and then just continued along down the line. Apparently they have a total of six daughters and every single one of them ended up living with this guy. Some of them... He said that they were his wives, and they were basically not allowed out of the house very often when they were. They all wore same blue matching dresses, and eventually the neighbors were like, I, this is just too weird, and they <laughs> they called the, uh, the police. So I guess he was just sentenced in, well, the, the guy was just sentenced in June? Well, no, he was convicted in June. Okay. Um, he will oh, be right. sentenced in August. Right, and the parents were just sentenced. Right. That, that's why it was back in the news. So it's an awful story. I'll link an article. It's it's just amazing that these parents would let this happen and participate in this. Yeah, uh, not just let it happen. They facilitated it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've got to wonder what the the specific value of a human life is in this story. You know, the amount of the loan, mm-hmm. uh, why it takes so very little to convince people that you're a prophet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually the only thing that I really had on this story as far as a comment is that is it is it becoming they were Amish 
so they had susceptibility to their beliefs, right? They they were able to believe something on very little amount of evidence. In I mean, all all religion is basically a belief on very little amount of evidence. <laughs> right. Sure. Right. No so <laughs> since they broke from the Amish, was it that they were just that susceptible to that kind of influence? I don't buy that profit shit for one minute that that had any influence on them other than the fact that he was giving them money for kids. Would, would they have done it for free if they were so susceptible to his ways? I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. know. But, I mean, when you it's look at – It's just odd that they needed money and he had money. He right. was loaded. And somehow I think the whole profit thing was, oh, we – we thought he was a prophet or some bullshit like that and nobody bought it. It was just justification in their minds. Right. Yeah. Because they kept sending all the kids there. It yeah. wasn't just one, you know. And was anybody else doing this? It was just them, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As far yeah, as bullshit. I call bullshit on it. These people are <laughs> horrible and they just needed money and somehow they were able to live their lives knowing that their daughters were chained up in somebody's basement. Yeah. Horrible people. Good lord. I mean, there is a point where you look at cults Someone who is following a cultist is – they are very susceptible to just about anything. But I have to say that this seems to go outside that to me as well. I don't I don't see how – because he wasn't like – like you said, he wasn't influencing anybody else. He was just targeting this this one family and I think he just found a uh, – you know, people who were susceptible to his influence or money. Well, the only other way to – I guess to look at it is from their point of view is like – you know, okay, they are morons, and they did fall for his shit. And it just so happened, this is a great profit because <laughs> not only does he take our daughters, but he also gives us money back for them too. He, he supports us. It's a great us. thing to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, what part of this is that you know your daughters are currency to be used in a lot of religions? That's true. So, how much did that play into it? it? The whole thing is just horrendous. It doesn't say in the article how long they were sentenced to, but it does say that at some point in the future, they may be reunited with their children. So, so it's not long enough. What? Yeah. It's not nearly long enough. <laughs> well, <sighs> yeah, I saw when I read it, it, it seemed like it seemed like a low amount, like seven years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the number that I believe is what they were sentenced <laughs> but, to. But I also saw 17 counts of this and I was like, well, if they get seven years for each one of those counts, then I'm okay with right. that. Sure. <laughs> Not served concurrently, yeah. Well, he had 17 counts against the Kaplan did, but the parents, I believe, were just charged with endangering their children. Ah. And the limit on that is seven years. Didn't they essentially yeah. sell them into slavery? Can't that, isn't there a right. law against that? How does Sexual human slavery, trafficking yeah. not come into this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially since the, the daughters were aged 10, 11, 12, and 14. Yeah. Is this how justice is served in Feasterville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he wasn't, or why the, the parents were charged with other things. I understand. The judge even said it in that hearing, according to this article, that uh, the judge said that he wished that he could do more, mm -hmm. that he could sentence them for a longer, but he couldn't because the limit was seven years. Wow. Mm. Wow. So I don't know. There had to be some some reason the prosecuting attorney wouldn't have charged them with something else. I don't know. Is it possible that they use some kind of business loophole or something? Like the money wasn't for the children. It was a, a loan that they never had to pay back. Well, the, I'm I, sure. One question is, were they found guilty or did they... Um... What was it? The mother pled guilty and the father pled no contest? Okay. Huh. No contest is a weird thing. I don't understand that. So it's not pleading guilty. It's not pleading innocent. 
You don't go to trial. You just plead, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> and how is that not guilty? I don't know the specifics, but I know that they should be put away for longer than that, and they should definitely not get these children back. These kids are going to have to be going through therapy and... And the sad part of it is, is that with therapy and with help, there there are some of them that aren't going to survive this intact. Oh, no way. No. Childhood sexual um, assault is, in, you know, look at some of the um, the pop culture icons that have died in the past. In the, um, you know, Chester supposedly was, uh, Chester Bennington was supposedly abused as a child and that probably contributed to his suicide. Oh, I did not hear that. I thought they were trying to link it to Chris Cornell. They were lifelong friends and it was Chris Cornell's birthday, but it's one of the things that a lot of his songs are about that, about the, his, hmm. uh, he was abused from when he was seven to when he was 13 years old. So it it does lifelong damage. I wouldn't want to write any of the kids off. I'm sure that they mm-hmm. have a chance to, to, you know, have get back into society and yep. make something of themselves. But it's still it's going to haunt them. Definitely. Yeah. Especially the younger ones. Yeah. Because this isn't just regular assault. They were also locked in a basement or chained up or whatever the hell it was. Well, and they they were abandoned by their they were more than abandoned by their parents. It, oh, yeah. It's not like they were snatched off of the street. They were given away by their was, parents. Was it all done in one shot, or was it like... No, no it was over time. Oh, we, that, Jesus. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's just horrendous. We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't we move on? Because it is uh, just an awful story. Uh, but I will post the link if you want to read it. It's the, the, the story itself doesn't... There's not too much gory detail or anything, but uh, it's it's worth a look. Oh, uh, so, I think it's also important that it was a neighbor... That said something. Right. So as a reminder, if you see something that looks wrong, do something about it. Do your part. And if you're wrong, your neighbor will just hate you. For and that's fine. <laughs> I would rather my neighbor hated me for the rest of my life than do nothing. So let's move on to uh, Ken Ham over in Kentucky, the Ark Encounter. So we <laughs> talked last week about how they had sold the Ark Encounter and its associated land for $10 to a nonprofit organization in order to avoid this 50 cent fee that they were being the local town had put on them, Williamstown had uh, put on their, their tickets to, in order to uh, cover the cost of emergency services. So then after they made it a non-profit organization, Williamstown came back and said, okay, now you're in violation of our agreement for tax deferment, and you are going to owe us $18 million. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, oh. they decided... Huh, maybe the sale fell through. Maybe, maybe that sale was not a good thing. So they sold the property again back to its original owner, and it is now again a for-profit entertaining <laughs> entertainment site. They uh, so they estimated that the fifty cent increase on the on the uh, tickets was going to be worth about seven hundred thousand dollars a year. So originally, apparently, the story what happened was the Ark Encounter went back to the township and said, well. How about we pay three hundred fifty thousand? And the city said no. no? <laughs> and Ham then came back and said, "Well, how about half a million dollars, five hundred thousand?" And the city said, "No, it's seven hundred thousand hmm. dollars." And that's when they decided to make this sale to a nonprofit, which violated their agreement. <laughs> that's when the the city said, "Okay, well, now you violated the agreement, so you're going to be owing us eighteen million dollars over the next decade." And they sold it back. They put out a statement, the creationists running the Ark Encounter, 
They said that in their statement that they had proposed that the fee be capped and suggested a half million dollars. They they completely skipped the fact that they originally offered three hundred fifty thousand. Hmm. And uh, they said that the the city is a city of four thousand residents, and really the entire load of the increased funding for the police, fire, and EMS was going to be covered by the Ark Encounter. And the city doesn't actually dispute that in any way. But uh, then they said that the Ark Encounter has added 50 cents to each ticket since July 1st, and they have tried to negotiate with the city a fair approach, and that the filing for an exemption as a religious nonprofit was done in an attempt to get the county to change the wording of it as it currently stands, not to avoid paying its fair share. So <laughs> that's why they went back. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Man, God is just not on their side. <laughs> so they fully admitted that there was no financial reason to change its for-profit, non-profit status, that they were doing it just to put pressure on the city officials. And uh, as it turns out, the city officials don't get any pressure about whatever they do. They just are going to react accordingly. So, I mean, I don't feel so bad for the city officials, though. I mean, these are the same people that agreed to give this giant tax exemption. They believed Ken Ham. Right. They, they were on board with this nonsense and thought that it was going to bring money into their organization. They, they, they bought it. They're idiots. This is all originally over them saying, hey, can you add 50 cents to the tickets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason they needed the 50 cents added to the tickets because the promised increase in tourism and people staying in hotels and people, you know, eating at the, the local restaurants and stuff did not and pan out. the water out. slide, right? Yeah. The water slide. It, did, it didn't pan out. None of the none of the increased revenue to the town panned out the way that Ken promised. So they had all these increased costs and no increased tax revenue from the surrounding, you know, town to make up for it. So it, it's all perfectly reasonable from the town's point of view. So to avoid the 50 cents, they went through all this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they could have just added 50 cents onto the onto the ticket and then, like, according, jacked up a, Noah's Frosty Shakes. 50 cents <laughs> according yeah. to, their, to their media statement, July 1st, they started adding 50 cents to each ticket to meet the requirement of the ordinance. Oh, but they were going to pocket it if possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. Yeah. Whew. So Christ-like. Mm -hmm. They also said in their statement that the media is lying about all these stories that uh, were being reported about the Ark Encounter. That it wasn't – they weren't trying to scam anyone. They were just trying to put pressure on the city and – yeah. Okay. <laughs> in any case, whether you're trying to put pressure on the city or you're trying to, to scam your way out of paying taxes, you're trying to scam your way out of paying the, your taxes. <laughs> I, I don't think little – was it Williamstown? Little, yeah. the, the only reason Williamstown did this was because they didn't get what they were promised and they were losing money. So it's all perfectly reasonable. <laughs> I can't wait till that place is turned into a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> that I would go to. We should we should run a contest <laughs> that you a, a good name for the strip club that used to be the Ark Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So a couple other things that we talked about previously on the Johnson Amendment. Uh, if you remember, the Johnson Amendment is basically what tries to prevent nonprofit organizations, specifically, well, any nonprofit organization. But uh, in this case, the case that Trump is trying, uh, churches uh, cannot endorse politicians, specifically who are running for office. In this, uh, in this article that is on 
religion news. Uh, it says that the House Appropriations Committee voted to keep language in a funding bill that would uh, cause Trump's executive order asking the IRS to not enforce the Johnson Amendment. In the language of it, the bill would defund the IRS in the amount of $149 million, and it would basically strip that money specifically from the investigative area so they wouldn't be able to investigate a church making an endorsement of a politician. All right. I, I'm, this is complex and I lost. Okay. So the bill cuts funding to the IRS for $149. So $149 million. $149 million. So they can't go after churches? So it, it specifically strips money from the IRS from the area that would go after the church. All right. So it's then, still, or investigate. It, it's still against the law for them to endorse a political candidate. It's just they have defunded the IRS's ability to prosecute that law. Correct. They would have to go to the IRS commissioner who would then file a report to Congress in order to start an investigation on any nonprofit organization. Wow. Now, previously, they could just go and strip the 501c3 status from the organization. But now that the funding for them to be able to do that has been pulled. And they rarely do it anyway. True. But this would really take the teeth out of the IRS as far as the Johnson Amendment is concerned. <laughs> One thing that I found interesting about this was that the language in the bill was opposed by 50, at least 50 groups. And some of them that were mentioned... The American Jewish Committee, the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty, the Episcopal Church, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, the Muslim Public Affairs Council, the Secular Coalition for America, and the Unitarian Universalist Association. These are, I mean, a couple of them aren't, but these are a lot of religious organizations hmm. saying they don't want this. So Why? Because they agree with, uh, between the separation of church and state, and they don't want to. <laughs> That's just shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Unless they actually want the rule to be done away with altogether, and they don't like this half-assed. No, I don't get that impression. And again, one of the, the one of the groups is the Secular Coalition for America. Mm. This is a group who is a five O C three, and I mean, obviously, they are for the separation of church and state. But it would actually free them up. To endorse political candidates as well. Right. They are not for this because, again, this came out the first time that Trump started pushing his anti-Johnson amendment agenda. And I think we had discussed it because they're all like, what do we care? Mm -hmm. It's not important for us to be able to give you money as much as you want that to be true. <laughs> like, that's not on our agenda. Sure. Like, giving you money, not important to the church. Help us with other things like the gays. <laughs> we hate them. And the feeding of the poor? Mm, probably not. Well, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm wondering if the reasoning for opposing it is different between the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and the Uni Unitarian Universalist Association. It, it might have it different motivations. Well <laughs> yeah, Secular but Coalition for America. Mm. According to a 2015 survey, eight in 10 Americans, uh, specifically 79%, say that it's inappropriate for pastors to endorse political candidate during the church service. Mm. And, I mean, that was mostly conducted by church-going Americans. So I, I think a lot of people just don't want – to be honest, I think a lot of people want to leave the politics out of church. They want to go to church <laughs> and think about churchy things. They don't want to think about <laughs> Trump and McCain and whoever else. They want, to, they want to think about God when they go to church. 
Probably on top true. of all that, don't we already know who they support anyway? It's <laughs> so obvious. Well, I think, it, I think it does depend. I mean, the, the uh, evangelical, oh no, yeah, the evangelical, the evangelical Lutheran. That's two words I didn't expect together. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to be voting for different people than the Secular Coalition for America, I think. <laughs> uh, true. And even Unitarian Universalist. Pretty sure they're going to lean Democrat, lean left. But the only church groups, the religious groups that back this decision are people like the 700 Club, the Evangelical uh, Christians. What, the Prosperity Gospelists. Yeah. <laughs> Those are really the only types of groups. I mean, they're really, it's kind of the, I don't know, fervent evangelical Christian groups. They're the only ones that are really backing this. Of course, they're the ones Trump is listening to. Well, and they also have the biggest audience. And a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're money-oriented. They're not, they're not good deeds-oriented. They're money-oriented. Yeah. And more, and they do, if only they could give money to the, you know, the political organization of their choice, that would be a heaven-sent. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the most likely to actually preach about political people. They're, you know, 700 Club, they're definitely yeah. going to, to voice their their opinions about whoever's running for office. And they probably and, have a ton of people who will just listen to whatever they say. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That, and that's the big point, is because they do have people controlled. Hell, if they get enough money, they'll run Pat Robertson again. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> what was that, 88? I don't remember. Somewhere in there. That was a... Uh... What year was Michael Dukakis? 88. That's the same year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Bush Dukakis. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on over to uh, to Oregon. We talked about a cross on the side of the road. We had a big discussion about uh, crosses at the side of the road. <laughs> yes. This one in particular has been taken down. It was taken down by uh, – so the FFRF sent a letter and the apparently before – they could even respond. The family went out and, and took it down. The family was like, we didn't, we didn't know this was causing anyone any problems. And they just took it down and they said, we don't want to look. We just, it was for uh, a woman who had died. And the family was like, we don't want to cause problems. It was just up, you know, for her. And, uh, so the Freedom from Religion Foundation has said that hopefully you took this cross and you put it someplace, you know, a family plot. You took it to your church, wherever. Keep the cross up all you want. It just can't be funded by the State. local government. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they were reasonable. Yeah, the family the definitely family. was. Uh, yeah. the, nobody else really got a chance to say anything. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to assume everyone was reasonable. <laughs> uh, wow. And it, it's all taken care of. Sometimes it does work out. <laughs> so as it turns out, though, according to the, the secondary article, it had been up there for more than 10 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And the government but, had been taking care of the land around it. They, you know, it had rocks up in, you know, to keep everything in place. And uh, there was a you know, there was a tree there. And so they had been taking care of the land around it as well as the, the cross itself. Just nobody had noticed and said something. Yeah. Hmm. Until finally somebody said something and said it to. Went, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in any case, just a couple updates on some older stories. Uh, oh. Moving on to state news. Hawaii has mandated contraception education. So the governor of Hawaii, David Ige, signed a law into effect that requires pregnancy care centers to inform their customers about all available reproductive health services, including contraception and abortion. Good for them. Yeah. Nice. A day after... Who's fighting them on it? Yeah. A day <laughs> after the law took effect, the Alliance Defending Freedom, do you remember them? 
Uh, yeah. We just talked about them. Uh, they filed a lawsuit on behalf of a place for women in Waipoi. Apparently, that's a Hawaiian organization. A uh, It's a church-operated crisis pregnancy center. Uh, you yeah. can imagine what they do there. If you're in crisis and you're pregnant and you don't know what to do, they uh, you go there and they tell you you need to keep that, no matter what. <laughs> Uh, and also, they are affiliated with the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates. Uh, so they are now suing. Their argument is that the new law infringes on their <laughs> right to free speech and exercise of religion. <laughs> what? It's not a church. It's a health center. It's a uh, it's a church-run health center. Don't care. <laughs> it's a health center. <laughs> so because the law is going to force them to tell people that there is such a thing as contraception and abortion, that is infringing upon their rights of free speech. I don't think people understand what free speech means. No, I don't yeah, think they, they do. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> aye, aye. It, it is our right under free speech to lie to people. <laughs> if you prevent us from doing that, you're infringing on our rights. That's bold. Yeah. Well, good for Hawaii for trying. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how good it goes. Good on them. The, uh, so the law is in effect, but uh, they are filing suit. So uh, apparently the the fine is $500 for the first offense and $1,000 to any subsequent offense. So, it, I mean, for I was going to say for it wasn't that, that stiff of a penalty, but I imagine for, you know, a church-run thing like that, that's probably a reasonable amount of money considering – Anybody that comes in, if they don't tell them about abortion, they're going to get hit with a $1,000 fine. Now, does this place treat people who are not part of their religion? They specifically try to trick you into going in there so you so they can pressure you not to get an abortion. Yeah, but, anyone. Right, but they will treat people who are not part of their religion. Oh, yeah. It's open to anyone yeah. who comes in. go fuck yourself and follow the law. <laughs> yeah. No, they they call themselves crisis pregnancy centers. They come to us. We will help you and get over this and resolve this crisis in your life, and then don't give you complete information and pressure you. I know, and make I know you feel we guilty. always say this, but there's so much time and energy spent yeah. on fucking with people. Yeah, <sighs> and interfering. Why don't with they people. make a? Why don't they make an orphanage instead? Good idea. Yeah, but then we know how that works out. Yeah, they would abuse <laughs> them, Annie, and all. No over gay them. people. Yeah. You're not, if you know, no gay people are allowed to. Adopt these children. Right. Speaking of wasting a whole lot of time on this sort of thing, uh, let's move over to Representative Valerie Swanson, who is in Texas. She is pushing to, uh, well, for a bill that would revoke the medical licenses of any doctors who performed abortions. What? Aren't they legal? Yes. <laughs> for now. So but she has filed a bill during regular session. And she did, uh, she, she is not even pretending anymore. Mm. She's not pretending that this is a women's health care issue. Uh, she was quoted by Breitbart <laughs> as saying, mm. the time to end abortion is here as we approach the anniversary of the Supreme Court decision. She acknowledges that there's a Supreme Court decision, but she says that it's clear that they erred. And while it still remains the law of the land, Texas should not be in the business of licensing and thus endorsing its practice. Oh, she's thinking with Gorsuch in there that they can reverse. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. She has made it her life's goal to end abortion, specifically in Texas, but I don't think she would stop there. No. Wow. I say let him do it. No. Well, <laughs> while the Supreme Court is loath to overturn itself, you got to remember who's in there currently. If Gorsuch and company, yeah, they they would overturn it if they could. 
oh yeah wait a minute oh i I thought maybe they could do like a state thing but uh yeah yeah, i don't want that to happen but i was just thinking that i can't remember where i read this it was in a it might have been that book freakonomics i don't know if anybody's ever read that Mm -hmm. how the legalization of abortion has is correlated to the downswing in crime in the united states because i I think i heard a I heard something about that, yeah. Yeah, well, because it kind of makes sense because there's a lot less abandoned children or, you know, children who can't, who parents who can't, who have too many children and can't, you know, pay for them. So they're out on the streets and shit like that. It kind of makes a little bit of sense. Sure. And unfortunately, it has has kind of a eugenics feel to it, though. (laughs) It does. It does. It's it's horrible to say. Well, well, couch it in terms of, of, you know, uh, Family planning, planning the size of your family, regardless of how you do it, is an economic boon for the economy completely. Sure. Right. So think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a drain on resources right. and, you know. So I was going to say, knock yourselves out, Texas, when it's a fucking crime rampant state that nobody wants to go into. <laughs> but <laughs> but unfortunately for that to happen, the rest of the country would be just like that. So Yeah. Man. I was feeling good today till I start doing this show. This show just <laughs> fucking brings me down, man. <laughs> it's interesting they're going after the physicians though, and not f- to the um, yeah. mothers. Yeah, they're they're basically they're scaring the physicians into you know if you if you are in the habit of doing abortions, you could lose your license. We could take your uh, we could take your livelihood away from you. Mm. Get I back in it- the alley with a coat hanger. <laughs> Jeez, These people have no memories, do they? No. No, no paying attention well, to history. Why don't we outlaw alcohol while we're at it? That seems like a good idea. <laughs> that should work out perfectly well. Yeah, we, right? we just didn't do it right last time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a last time? I didn't know that. We yeah. tried that once before? <laughs> well, it's, you know, rose-colored glasses. They remember the 50s as, you know, poodle skirts and the men worked and the women stayed home and there was nuclear family and it was all great and there were lots of jobs for everybody. They don't remember the part where, you know... People died, coat hanger abortions in back alleys, and there were too many children, and the blacks were oppressed, and the, all the other stuff. They just remember the, the the part that's shown on the happy TV shows. Yeah, but this woman can't even be that fucking old no. to remember that. It, yeah. And, and, to, and to be honest with you, I have people on my Facebook page who I went to high school with who talk about the glorious time of the 80s and how things were way better then. <laughs> For what? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when I was a kid – Blah, blah, blah. Things were way better and people did this. And I, and I comment, I'm like, what the what? fuck are you talking about? Gay people were getting harassed. I mean, like, it was just fucking horrible. And I'm like, what are you, what? It's fucking white people. It's goddamn white people. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's because people aren't able to separate the idea of history from when I was a kid. As soon as you say, when I was a kid, things were better. Of course it was. You were a kid. You had zero responsibilities. (laughs) Nothing in the world should have concerned you then. And I'm pretty sure your parents didn't tell you about all the crime happening in New York and Detroit and Chicago and D.C. All that is true. I remember when I was a kid, um, somebody stole my dad's car one day, and I was like, I was shocked. I'm like, what? That happens to, uh, to real people? <laughs> We're white. <laughs> yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, that must be it, though. Like, I, I just I just can't believe. I mean, like, yeah, I, I thought the 80s was great, too, because I got to play with <laughs> toys all fucking day and, and eat sugary cereal and didn't, don't gain any weight. <laughs> yeah, I rode down the hill on my big wheel. That was my, that, that, that was my to-do list. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody was working any harder or less back then than they are now. Play a six-man game of kickball. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what just – that's the shocking part to me that this woman could not have been – well, I mean, she might have, but she looks fairly young to have remembered the 50s. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that that's the case. <laughs> I think it's a romanticized – it's not an actual memory in any case. Uh, so I'm going to move over to Georgia real quick. There was a mayor who lashed out at an atheist. The uh, The mayor had put on all the police cars in his town, In God We Trust, on the back bumper. Yep. So yeah. all the police cars say In God We Trust because that's the national motto. So he yeah. can do that. So he received a letter – uh, from a local citizen, reminding him that there were atheists in the community as well as other people who didn't believe in the same God. And his letter, well, it wasn't polite. It wasn't over the top, but it really wasn't polite. I mean, when you're addressing a, a mayor, I, uh, it decorum. was very, yeah, yeah, a, li a little decorum would be nice. But um, I'm not saying he was wrong either. Mm. Uh, he was definitely, <laughs> he was definitely had the right, the right ideas because he said that it's it's exclusionary. But in any case, apparently the mayor has lashed back, and now the citizen has been receiving all kinds of different backlash because his uh, his name was on the letter, and he had did this publicly. Mm. So even though he wasn't wrong, he has received a ton of backlash from it. And in any case, I don't think that the... While I don't agree with the way he approached it, I really don't agree with the reaction that the mayor has had and basically outing this guy and encouraging people to uh, to, to go up against him. Mm. That's not that's not cool at all. Not very Christian either. <laughs> it's as if he was the president of the United States or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is these days I'm noticing with politicians in any way, shape or form, whether you're in Washington or a small town asshole mayor in Grovetown, Georgia. Uh <laughs> It's not about representing all the people anymore. Now I just represent my team. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like that is the the feeling. I mean, you're seeing these people at the town hall meetings where they're like, I don't represent you. And they're like, well, again, this is our whole fucking job. <laughs> and I can't believe that he would get backlash from other people for just saying, hey, you know, not everybody follows your religion. Oh, that guy. I mean, what kind of backlash is he getting? Death threats? Uh, it doesn't say anything about death threats that I see, but no. he did post a note that basically says uh, we need to take it down a notch because some of the people who were backing him were also attacking the mayor. And basically what he said was, voice your opinions, but don't be an asshole. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it's just caused a, a whole bunch of, I think most of it is online, email, that sort of thing. Oh, those guys. Anonymity is... <laughs> <laughs> the internet, my old nemesis. <laughs> yeah, civility is is definitely lacking currently, and I do blame our current president partially for that. His lack of civility makes it so other people don't have to be civil. Yeah, they're sheep. They don't even realize it. They just they. I mean, I can't imagine all these people are like, "Oh, Trump's president now. I can act like a total dick." Yeah. Or is it just something like just they just picked it up by like osmosis and like I don't know, just being a dick now is just the way to go. Well, people respond to um, you know social cues from leaders. He's he's the leader. Well, he's not the leader of the free world anymore. Angela Merkel is, but I mean, <laughs> he was the leader of the free world. That position was the leader. They set the tone. They you know decide how civil we're going to be with other people. And he's ugh, he's horrible. 
So I guess it, there's it, just yeah, I guess there's just two ways of how people react to certain things. Like mm. there are people who look at authority and like start kissing ass or following suit or just getting getting in fucking line. Mm. And then there's people I, I would assume like me who instantly like, okay, you're in charge. I'm gonna keep my eye on you. <laughs> right. I'm not mm. throwing my lot in with you right away. <laughs> and most for most cases I hate all authority figures. They tend mm. to annoy me. I mean, I guess that's the th- I just don't understand the blind trust. And I know that's kind of off topic of what this mayor did, but Yeah, but it, it, it's it, I mean, there are some people that will rail against leaders at every opportunity that never take anybody else's lead. And there are people that will absolutely fall in line with any leader that it presents himself as a, as an alpha leader to them. So yeah, mm. there are definitely different types of people in the world, some followers and some leaders. And I think that if you are automatically skeptical of any leader that gets in front of you and tells you something, you are also a leader. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily somebody that will go out and you know rally the troops or anything, but you're uh, you know uh, I don't know I want to say a thought leader because it sounds stupid, but you're 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 not a follower, right? Put it that way. And, and you know what? It, it plays into like jobs too because I've seen this yeah. at a lot. Of, I've been to jobs where I've been the boss, and jobs where I'm on the shit end of the you know spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people. You go in there and you start working, and all of a sudden, boss comes in and they start kissing ass mm-hmm. like big time. And it usually pans out pretty well for them. And I've been the boss where I've had people come in, instantly hire them, and they're like up my ass all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is the deal with this person? Because I'm not <laughs> used to being in that position, and I'm instantly skeptical of them. I'm like, okay, what does this guy want? I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, as a as a I'm, I'm a manager of people, and some people will automatically fall in line to whatever you say and some people will fight you tooth and nail every step of the way and usually the ones that fight you tooth and nail as long as they've got something to back them up they're more useful honestly <laughs> because they, yeah. they they think for themselves and they'll they'll work out solutions instead of just doing things the way they've been told to do things every time well it depends on how the boss reacts i mean you're a reasonable person like yeah. It's funny, and I again, I'm sorry that we're completely off topic, but th- no. you'll kind of appreciate this a little bit. <laughs> so today, I went into work, and technically my boss, the, the broker of the place, I mean, he can't fire me, but I don't mm-hmm. have to really listen to him. I guess he was gone for a week, and he went to a Tony Robbins thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he yes. was telling us a story about how much, how many people were there, and they walked over coals, and they did all this stuff. <laughs> And everybody in the office is like, oh, man, that's great. That's great. And blah, blah, blah. Even, and my mother, I can't, you know, sometimes I have to take her side. But she's like, that's great. I would love to go to Tony Robbins and I would do this. And um, she, my mom goes, remember, Jared, Tony Robbins? I bought you those tapes one time. And, like, everybody was <laughs> kissing my boss's ass. And I go, Tony Robbins is a hack. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? I'm like, yeah, he's a hack. I'm like, he's a great businessman. Uh, don't get me wrong on that. I tried to reel it back in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal honesty. Mm. Yeah. Ever, hey, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. Nice work, dummy. <laughs> you wasted your money. Because <laughs> then my mom was like, that 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 walking over the coals, that's mind over matter. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> So 
So the one thing that uh, that I wanted to talk about from this guy in uh, in Georgia, he says that uh, so immediately after writing his his original letter, the the mayor was dismissive and disrespectful. So that so he in turn let some insults fly. Mm-hmm. A couple things on that. First, if you're mayor, you should be able to listen to any of the people of your town, even if they don't come at you in an incredibly respectful way. You shouldn't immediately be disrespectful and dismissive of their thoughts. But uh, he does go on to say that he says that he's heartened by the solidarity of the online community of non-believers, but he also says that uh, he's going to bow out. He says he's not a good example of how one should act in a situation like this wow. <laughs> because he did let the insults fly. So uh, I think I think now he's... He's kind of like realized that he started something that got into a little bit bigger than he anticipated. He just wanted to, you know, rant a bit and uh yeah, got too uh, much of a reaction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh like like you were saying though, I mean, if you're going to be a leader, you need to be able to to listen to whatever your feed the feedback is that you get and not escalate the situation. I mean, non-escalation is crucial if you're a leader. I mean, it's one thing that, no. that but not not if you're president, though. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not if you're an American, Karen. Go buy a gun. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, you guys are all wrong. It's it's 2017. These days, when somebody doesn't like you or says something bad about you and you're in a position of power, you body slam them. <laughs> <laughs> and get away with it. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, because you look at all these um, politicians going to their local town halls, and for the, the vast, vast majority of them, stand up there on that stage and take it for hour after hour. And I don't know quite how they do it, honestly, but they take abuse and people spitting at them and shouting and, you know, completely out of control and they just take it and they're reasonable. That's a skill. (laughs) (laughs) Except that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Agreed. They're not hearing. I have no, yeah, I have no sympathy or respect for them because you were hired for one job and you're not doing that one job. If you were doing that job, these people would not be yelling at you. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> or at the very least, it's not about what you think. It's about what – god damn it. Everybody should be Varys. <laughs> I serve the people. Mm. Nice. Good reference. Yeah. And very true. So I'm going to move li- over to oh, – go ahead. If you and, and if you listen to your god, the words that your god supposedly said, you would act like Varys and represent yeah. the people. You would. Yeah. yeah Varys for president. <laughs> uh, so over in Illinois, I wanted to move over to this, a bishop in Illinois who has made several attacks on the LGBT community. He is now attacking back again. He made a uh, public statement. There's actually a video if you'd like to watch it. It is on the new civil rights movement.com. The, uh, the, the bishop Paproki. I don't know if that's correct. I'm not, not really sure I care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Thomas Paproki, Paproki, whatever, he has said that the politicians and judges who helped make same-sex marriage legal should not be able to receive Holy Communion unless they first repent and go to confession. Well, I didn't think you could go to confession. I didn't think you can take – I didn't think you could do that anyway. I don't think – you cannot take communion in a state of sin. Correct, but he is now saying that a politician who has uh, enforced or helped uh, put these laws in place is a sinner. Is in a state of sin. Right. (laughs) Now, and what he's saying is, I don't know why anybody is surprised by this statement, because it's quite clear in the Bible, and it's clear by the Catholic 
text that we follow that this is part of of what being a Catholic is, and you shouldn't be surprised that uh, that I'm saying that politicians and judges can't take communion if they've backed LGBT rights. I'm not surprised he said it. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, as a representative of his, you know, Bronze Age religion, I don't disagree that he should ha- hold that stance. That's the whole point of the separation of church and state. He can hold this Bronze Age belief and enforce those Bronze Bronze Age rules in his space, and communion is definitely in his space. So I don't have a problem right. with him. And again, I don't see it. I, I, you know, I don't have an overreaching problem with him. But in his, yeah, especially as long as it's in his specific space. Where did you say he resides, Ray? Illinois. Illinois. Okay. There's 20 other hymns. <laughs> In a five-block radius that will give me communion. I don't care. This is true. He is perfectly within his rights to say that um, you are in a state of sin if you uh, support LGBT rights. I have no argument with him. Just don't – you don't get to enforce your rules on other people. But you can enforce your rules on your people. Sin is a a, a fantasy just like his – the rest of his religion. So (laughs) Right. And all people have – Yeah, if I were a politician, I'd be like, okay – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll either go into com- to confession and confess the sin, or go somewhere else. I don't, I don't see an issue with this. <laughs> well, a lot of Catholic people do. <laughs> uh, he also a- said that after being uh, after he was called a bigot, he said that look, I'm not a bigot. People with sem- same sex attraction are welcome within our parishes. And uh, this Springfield, Illinois, Illinois, by the way, uh, he says they are welcome within the parish as we repent our sins and pray for God to keep us in his grace. So he's perfectly fine with a homosexual coming into his, his church as long as they repent their sin. Go to confession. Uh, well, he also says those who use artificial contraception should not receive Holy Communion unless they repent, go to confession and amend their lives. That's always the tricky part is you have to actually not just repent and go to confession, but you have to change the behavior. Yeah, in theory, they they wouldn't grant you confession. Like they wouldn't grant, they wouldn't allow you to go to communion unless they believe that you are truly repentant. Right, and you can't just go in every Sunday and say, "I'm sorry, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry again, <laughs> really sorry again." <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they get okay. No, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I find it amusing though because he's uh, he's saying, "Look, I'm not being a bigot. This is my religion," and he's he's. Absolutely correct in that it is his religion. <laughs> yep. However, he's not correct in the fact he's still being big, a bigot. So right. Yes. <laughs> well, I find it I find it amusing that the Catholics are fighting against him. No, no, read your book. This is what it says. <laughs> you either you believe it or you don't. <laughs> and if you don't like what it says, maybe you need to rethink that part. Yeah. <laughs> Just because your parents and your grandparents and your great great parents were Catholics doesn't mean you have to be a Catholic. One more, uh, one more state thing that I wanted to hit real quick, just because Kim Davis again in oh, Kentucky. Oh. I know, <laughs> but uh, this might be one of the final ones. So the a judge has ruled that she is not liable for the two hundred twenty-two thousand dollars in legal fees that uh, she's been sued on, and that the uh, local township is not liable, but that the state is liable for that money. So his reasoning was Davis represented the Commonwealth of Kentucky when she refused to issue marriage licenses so that the buck stops there, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Because they didn't address it immediately and fire her or do something. 
they yes. are culpable. Uh. Correct. So the district is not liable. She is not liable. But the uh, the state is, which could be really bad for the state. That is a hefty sum of money to just have to dish out. So they say that uh, the ACLU praised the ruling. They said that it's unfortunate that Kentucky taxpayers will likely bear the financial burden of the unlawful actions and litigation strategies of an elected official. And do you see why I wanted them to just leave her alone? <laughs> now look. And look at that fucking picture. Ugh. Which one? The top one or the bottom? They're both horrendous. <laughs> oh, I didn't see the bottom one. I just saw mm-hmm. the top one. No. Yeah, the top one. Okay. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I got away with it. Now the rest of the state's got to pay for my shit. If these people just kept their mouth shut, we would never heard from her again. Did she lose her job? Does she still have her job? You know, I don't actually know. It, it isn't addressed in the article. The last I heard, she still had her job, and just <laughs> that wasn't part of her job anymore. Oh, right. I imagine she's going to lose it now. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah. she, well, it depends. I mean, she she was she's an elected official, so it, depending on the you know on what the local populace think of her. Oh she, yeah, they could vote her back in. Yeah. And we are talking about Kentucky, so. <laughs> oh no, she's going on to bigger and better things now. <laughs> no, I can't. She's an idiot. I can't imagine. No way. She's gonna be. She's gonna be Huckabee's right hand woman. Oh god. Oh it'll, my god. I'm surprised they don't have a. She doesn't have a show on Fox News. It'll be the Huck- Huckabee Davis ticket. <laughs> 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 or the Davis Huckabee ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I didn't see that twist coming. <laughs> Uh, so another thing that I found amusing when I, I saw it today, uh, Justin Bieber, and strangely, this actually does c- circle back to religion. Justin Bieber <laughs> has canceled his world tour. And according to, uh, to what he said, he is doing that so that he can spend more time with Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So according to Lentz, I don't have, I can't find the guy's name, but he is a pastor. He is a quote unquote cool pastor. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> who apparently Bieber has been hanging out with and he's cool because he wears a leather jacket and skinny jeans and is constantly surrounded by uh, celebrities. Uh, which is true. Apparently they did his profile in GQ. So this guy is a cool pastor. Uh, he's been hanging out with Bieber and he has convinced Bieber that he needs to get more Jesus in his life. And the Biebs is buying it? Apparently he is, or at least that's what he's saying. I was going to say, are you sure that spending more time with Jesus isn't some kind of street word for drinking scissor? (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, Bieber has been kind of flailing about for quite some time, trying to find a, you know, a a grown-up form of himself. So it's going to be Christian rock. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every time I hear that, all I can think about is uh, Hank Hill being like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, was, he said uh, Christian rock doesn't make doesn't make Jesus any cooler. It just makes rock lamer. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Well, well, this isn't something that Bieber said, though. This is something that Bieber's pastor said. Correct. Bieber's yeah. cool pastor. <laughs> so we don't know if it's a publicity stunt to try and get his, you know, reputation back in order or if he's going to change his music or unlikely. Mm. But yeah, I just found that bit of news interesting. Well, canceling a tour, you're losing out on a lot of money there. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. And he canceled 14 shows. So something's going on. Telling you, he, I, I mean, I don't know how, what the Beeb's numbers are at right now, but I don't ever. This is the first time I've heard his name in probably a year for anything. 
Oh, no. He's been top three on the Billboard charts for the last couple of weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So he's not. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just a moron. <laughs> you know, no. I, I know a lot of these people when they start when they lose the fame and the money and they're like what's my new angle yeah <laughs> i mean it looked like he was cleaning up his act there for a while but this is going to be a long road for him so we'll see christian rock calling it <laughs> <laughs> like the, the very last line in this article it's like katie perry in reverse <laughs> i was just gonna say it's like the reverse katie perry <laughs> wow <laughs> Yeah, normally people don't go to Christian Rock. Yeah. Normally they use that as their uh, their catapult. Yeah. They'll start a real life version of Faith Plus One. <laughs> it was from South Park years ago. <laughs> okay, that was Car- uh-huh. that was Cartman's band, Faith Plus One. <laughs> oh right, I remember that. <laughs> so a New York Times article mentioned that Australia has now a strict vaccination law, and uh, according to the article, it's working. Uh, the vaccination law basically says that, uh, and I think it's funny that what they're calling it, but it says that if you don't get your kid immunized, that kid cannot uh, attend preschool and play with the other children, and they're calling it no jab, no play. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> if you don't get jabbed with a needle, you, you don't, don't get to play with other kids. Right. So according to this, uh, an increase, 93.6% of kids, it says from December 2015 to March 2017, immunization rates were about 93.6% for one-year-olds. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty decent number. I don't, I'm kind of curious what our national numbers are for mm-hmm. vaccinations or even if we would have them. I think it's wildly variable state for state or um community to community mm. i mean there what was it the somali community somewhere in the midwest had abysmal rates because somebody right. convinced them that you know, immunizations are, are bad sure I, and, the, and you can you can't get to 100 percent because there's some pop percentage of the population that are immune compromised or for whatever reason can't get immunizations sure yeah they so. say that the uh a lot of the medical bodies point to uh 95 percent immunization as being ideal for herd immunity okay so 95 percent being ideal 93.6 is pretty, pretty good, good. yeah <laughs> yeah so good on australia uh it's another reason that australia is a, a nice place but man Spiders. <laughs> too, too many things that could kill you there. <laughs> there really are, but I, there's just, and again, I feel like this is going to meet some, you know, significant level of resistance for whatever reason, like at least as far as the rest of the world is concerned. Cause I don't know, for some reason, you know, other than the terrifying animals, <laughs> Australia always seems to be pushing out like progressive policies that I agree with. And everybody's like, that'll never work. And I'm like, but it works in Australia. They're like, yeah, Australia doesn't count. <laughs> oh, they'll always go with the, even though I did not realize this till the other day. And yes, I'm 42, that Australia is almost the same size as the United States, if not bigger. Mm. But we definitely have more people, right? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, they will always go with that argument. Well, we have more people. There's more things going on here. So that's why we need guns. <laughs> well, uh, Canada, same kind of argument. Just about, I think it's bigger than the United States, but most of it's empty. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we need more guns. <laughs> we got a lot of bad hombres in our country. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thanks for bringing that back. I missed it. <laughs> so on the national news, the first thing that I had, uh, Karen, you brought this up. It's a Gallup poll uh, across America that is all sorts of religious 
questions. I definitely, we definitely don't need to go over all of it, but there were a couple of things that, uh, well, at least one I thought you wanted to point out. Yeah, well, I found it was interesting. So there's definitely a decrease in the number of Christians in, in the United States. And this is a U.S. poll. Definitely decreases, significant decreases in the number of people that subscribe to an organized religion. But interestingly, though, the number of people that believe in God has not gone down. So huh. the, the base question of do you believe in God? Back from 19, in the 1940s, it was, you know, in the mid 90s, 94%, 95%, 96%. It's currently at 87%. So we have not dropped that much. And that was in May of this year. Yeah, but that's a few percent. I mean, it's not like it hasn't dropped. It just, it, yeah, it's not as significant as the amount of people who practice a specific religion or. Right. Or, or go specifically go to church. But it's interesting, though, that you know, 87% of people believe in God, but what percentage of people consider themselves atheists? It's higher than the inverse of that number. So so there are people that call themselves atheists but still believe in you know a higher power? That seems contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spiritual. Yeah, yeah. No, you're just a hippie. <laughs> but if you look at the uh, – there's one part of the poll where it's how how convinced are you that God exists. The first part is convinced, absolutely convinced that God exists. In 2000, 2005, it was 80%, and it's gone down to 64% as of last year. That That's is a significant, significant drop. Yeah. The amount that probably exists, but you have a little doubt, has gone up significantly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 8% to 16%. So it's doubled in the last 12 years. And the rest are just single digits. So Yeah, the re all the rest are, are kind of single digits. But I think it's interesting that the absolutely convinced that God exists, that's dropped, that's dropped. considerably. Oh, that's kind of the, you know, the ag I guess maybe agnostic kind of fills in that gap. Because agnostic is, you're not sure. You, you think probably not, but you're not excluding the possibility, basically. Hedging your bet. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. So well, see, I, I, I always – I find the argument that an agnostic is a, uh, just a weak atheist very compelling. And here's why. If you're an agnostic, you're basically saying, well, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then you don't have a belief that there is a god, in which case you're an atheist. You're just an atheist light. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You would I don't be think surprised that agnostic – You would be surprised as hell if a god showed up, but <laughs> – Right. And since you're not expressing a belief in a deity, you're an atheist. Mm. But I don't think a lot of a lot of people just won't call themselves an atheist because of the stigma around it. Sure. The number of people that believe in heaven has dropped from 83% to 71%. It, it's just it, it's an interesting, you know, troll through statistics. Yeah. I just I just found it was an, you know an interesting article, so. I like Gallup because it's just straightforward. It doesn't give you any opinions, it just gives you the data. Yep. Well, at fake least this news. this one in particular. It's That's fake. <laughs> fake news. Fake poll? Fake poll. Fake uh. news. <laughs> so, moving on to Trump, the first thing that caught my attention, well, that's not true, but one of the first things I wanted to mention was uh, in Trump's campaign for 2020, which is yeah. already underway. It was underway day two. Yeah. <laughs> he has spent, the campaign has spent, well, more than this, but they have spent more than $600,000 but $600,000 of it has gone directly into the Trump organization. Oh, of course it has. What, in the hotels and all that other shit? Yeah. Yep. Conference rooms, hotels, everything around it. His actual campaign spendings have put more than $600,000 into Trump 
owned properties in just the first six months of his presidency. I almost said pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, humorous, no. Then it would have an ending. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's a hundred thousand. Wait, no, that means we could abort it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hundred thousand dollars a month average. Yes. And I'm sure it you know, took a while to get going. So it's going to be more than that. Say $150,000, $200,000 a month going into Trump organizations for four years. Is he, but is he breaking any laws? Yes, actually, he is. Oh, he is? Okay. Yes. I wasn't sure. These days, every time they do something in, in Washington, you'd be like, but there's no law against it, I hear. Yeah, he, so. is, he, he cannot legally profit from the presidency. I forget what the uh, the clause is. But this isn't the presidency. This is his campaign. Yeah, but yeah. he – That's but, their argument. But his Trump organization is making the money, and he is not he is not taking himself out. He just doesn't doesn't have a, a quote active role anymore. He still makes the money. <laughs> this is so, true, such a- and he's been sued for this already. I forget somebody sued him, and it will wind its way through the course at some point. Well, and talking about making money off your presidency, though, after his election victory, he doubled the fee for Mar-a-Lago. How is that yep. not making money off of your presidency? And then calling it the Winter White House. Yeah. He's not running Mar-a-Lago anymore. That's Don Jr. and Eric. Right. So, sorry. Didn't break any laws. <laughs> Except that- Blind still- trust. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> Except that he still gets the money. They, they, <laughs> they can pay him out any amount of money at any time. I don't know if they have, but they can. There's nothing to prevent it. These God. fucking suckers who have given him six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the killer. And the thing about it is, too, is is it a real man of a real president of the people, the people that Trump says that he represents? Wouldn't he hold these events in their places mm. so they can get a little extra money? No, it's every so he's opportunity. Like, I don't know how you see shit like this and go, oh, damn, I'm a fucking moron. Be- because they say things like, "Well, if I was in that position, I would do that." And you'd be an asshole. (laughs) Turns out if you think like that, you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I always go back to that comment that Trump is what a poor person thinks a rich person is. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that that assholery that he does (laughs) and that bravado and the way he talks, they're like, yeah, that's what rich people do. They sit in gold houses on gold thrones. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Well, we talked about this a little bit before recording, that that's how he, he exactly thinks that, and that's exactly what he told the Boy Scouts. Oh, God. <laughs> he, he, he was telling them a story about the guy that he knows who is also rich and how he lives his life and how he was getting bored of something or other, and then he went straight into, well, you'll, you'll know what I mean. I mean, you're the workers, mm-hmm. and you'll get bored <laughs> of stuff, too. I didn't even follow his logic. I mean, if there was any logic there, I didn't know what he was talking about. But he called the Boy Scouts, you're the workers. You're the peasants. You young (laughs) fools. the little people. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be building that golden toilet for my friend to sit his ass on. He he started the whole conversation with them about who the hell wants to talk about politics. He said those words to a bunch of (laughs) 12-year-olds. Then it went on for an hour about politics. About politics, yeah. yeah. About the cesspool and about how 10 members of his cabinet were Boy Scouts. Then he threatened to fire one of them in front of all the Boy Scouts. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) He threatened to fire Tom Price right in front of his face at that thing. He's like, you're going to get those votes? He's like, yeah. He's like, you better. I'm going to tell you you're fired. Yeah. Wow. That guy is a special kind of scumbag. <laughs> yeah. Well, he talked about – so it, it's a continuation of, you know, he didn't let Spicer meet the Pope. He 
So Jeff I Sessions. Love that story. Oh my god, it's so horrible. <laughs> Such a horrible person. So, um, but uh, Sessions was an Eagle Scout. Didn't take him to the Jamboree. <laughs> well, he's beleaguered. <laughs> he's beleaguered. <Yeah. laughs> it's so hard for me because uh, Trump is such a scoundrel, but uh, Jeff Sessions is a racist piece of shit, and I hope that he – I think he gets everything. He, he deserves everything he gets. I understand. I, yeah. I see your point of view, but who – there's going to be someone worse in there, I think. Oh, for sure. Well, Absolutely. Giuliani. You know, no, he, well, Giuliani <laughs> shut that down, but, like, the very fact that I'd be like, oh, God, I hope Session stays. I can't even believe I had that fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have to have a um, a law background to be the attorney general? I mean, is it required? Or can he just put a, you know, a hedge fund manager in there like he did with what Scaramucci? I, what I'm learning about <laughs> Washington, you can put whoever the fuck you want. Yeah, it just has to be approved. He has to be, you know, he has to go through the review, oh. review process, which means, no, you can put anybody in there. So speaking of that, I keep hearing and I haven't had a chance to look it up. Does anybody know anything about this? If he appoints somebody when Congress is not in session, do they not have to be approved? Yeah. What? No, that can't be a thing. There's some sort of um, emergency appointment. Yeah. I am not I, – I, I, again, I, I'm learning more about the government and what you can get away with every day. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but, I think when they're uh, not in session and he need, he has a position to fill, he can just slide somebody in there. I, I don't know if they have to go in front of Congress later or if it's just, nope, it's your job now. Does uh, it even really matter? Because apparently you can lie your ass off and just say you forgot to hit send on your email or whatever. Oh, and no. And amend every one of your things. No, he, he blamed that on a secretary. He said that yeah. uh, a portion of it was done, but it wasn't complete. And the secretary misinterpreted that to be that it was complete. So she sent it in. So it's all her fault. Oh. <laughs> so, Those damn workers. <laughs> so I looked up the details a little bit. A recess appointment, if mm. a senior federal official – is appointed by the president during a recess. Uh, the president may act alone, making a recess appointment to fill vacancies that may happen during the recess of the Senate. To remain in effect, the recess appointment must be approved by the Senate by the end of the next session of Congress. So he can wow. put anybody in that he wants, and they will be in unless the Senate kicks them out during their next session. But they they got to take up the power of the position during the time period until yes, wow, that is correct. So he can put Which anybody in. Is part of the reason, and I heard this theory. I don't know if it's true that that some Democrats were trying to not go on to recess. They were trying to keep the Senate out of recess so that this couldn't happen. Wow. So they're actually worried that it might. Yes. Well, he's oh, got tons of open appointments. That's true. And if he just waits till the August recess, he can just pile them all in there all at once without having to go through anybody, no asking, you know, answering any pesky questions, nothing. Wow. So, yeah, no August recess for Senate. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of his appointment, his pick for the EPA, Michael Durson, have you seen this guy? No. Uh, If there's a link to to BuzzFeed on here, you need to pull it up. This guy is the – oh, man, he's creepy looking. He's scary. He is a toxicologist – who self-publishes science-inspired Bible books. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he is appointing him to, I don't know what the position is, it's in the EPA, but he has a three-book series called Evidence of Faith that he has self-published. And what is he doing at the EPA? That's a good question. I actually haven't, uh, haven't seen what the actual title is. 
um, to lead the EPA's work on chemical safety and pollution prevention. Hmm. Yeah, pollution prevention. This is a guy who specifically is a climate denier <laughs> and is all about uh, faith and the Bible over science. Well, then, yeah, if you, if you pollute, you can just ask God to fix it for you. Not a problem. Yeah, this guy looks like a creepy, gone wrong Bruce Campbell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he has close ties to the chemical manufacturing and tobacco industries. Mm-hmm. Wow. And also over, there's a, a judge nominee that he is looking to put in place, Amy Coney Barrett, who uh, he's trying, he apparently has nominated for the Court of Appeals, the Seventh Circuit. She believes that judges should be bound by their religious faith, not the law. Wow. <laughs> she has actually said that directly, that uh, the Bible should take precedence over the U.S. Constitution. Oh, my goodness. So she's perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I heard a great quote the other day that Trump is... The perfect empty vessel for evil men to pour things into. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> and I, I guess like women, too. Men and women. Yeah. Because he is a fucking moron. Yeah. And we all know he was a Democrat before. Yeah. <laughs> he yes. donated money, I think the most money, to Chuck Schumer for his, yeah. for his uh, appointment. And um, he gave money to something else, too. And it just seems like anybody can just walk in there and go, here, have a little hate. Let me pour yeah. that right in your head. <laughs> it's interesting to me that it, it, it's not just things that benefit him financially, because anything that benefits him financially, he's doing. You know that. Right. But it's also the, this religious nut job stuff. I don't know how, how that benefits him other than it's they're stroking his ego somehow. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, I would have been perfectly fine with everything being somewhat normal, normal Republican shit. Sure. And he's trying to make a little buck on the side with his campaign. Whatever. Mm. What an asshole that Trump. But it's like <laughs> that plus like a hundred other fucking awful things. <laughs> right. It's an endless list of horrible, awful things. It just keeps like going he, and It's going. like he wants to get rich and like leave everything in fucking ashes, not just be rich. Well, he's mad because he's going to die at some point. The world revolves <laughs> around him. So the fact that he he's not going to live forever is galling to him. I read some article today, too, that I didn't get a chance to read. I just saw the headline that some psychiatrist institution lifted a ban off of uh, <laughs> making a determination on the president. Did you hear something about yes, this? No. I, saw, I, I saw an article fly by. I didn't read it, though. Yeah, like apparently they're not allowed this this, this, this institute to make like, well, we looked at the president and he's clearly, <laughs> you know, got this. But they lifted that ban. Yeah, this, this American Psychological Association or whatever it is, yeah. And it's never been a, a, a law. It's just been good practice and you'll be, you know, tut-tutted if you do it. So I read it. Uh, there was an interesting article about um, you know, Scaramucci. <laughs> <laughs> the mooch. The mooch. <laughs> the mooch. <laughs> Somebody said the reason that um, Trump picked him is because he is what Trump thinks the ideal is that he 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 that is who he wants that's who Trump wants to be he wants to be or no I heard that yeah the younger version of himself when when Trump talks he thinks he th looks and sounds like Scaramucci right he's born in Queens he's got you know financial background um, he wears the same suits they use the same hand gestures he is Trump Jr. 
They use the exact same hand yeah. gestures. I don't know Man. if anybody else saw the uh, the gif that was put together. But the two of them <laughs> talking and moving their hands, they had it synchronized. Oh, man, it's creepy how <laughs> they use the exact same physical gestures. He loves the president. He yeah. loves him. Now. Well, he, he, yeah, he, he's, uh, what is it, our dear leader? <laughs> yeah. It's what he treats him like. Yeah, his oh, yeah. speech. What was he going on about? He was talking about. I didn't get the three foot putt thing, but he was talking about how he mm-hmm. could throw a spiral football through a tire. Perfect spiral. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody basketball. believe that for, that Trump is doing that? No. <laughs> all I can, whenever anybody now talks about Trump doing sports, all I can see is that horrific picture of him when he's bending over playing tennis i think it is and his fat yeah. ass is oh, oh god <laughs> well i gotta tell you the scaramucci is a is a smart cookie and because at least the way i look at it and the way i've heard is like he don't really like trump or give a fuck what he does is that he's a a wall street guy and he wants breaks for wall street so he will mm. and he doesn't care what he has to say so he'll go out and stroke the president's ego like big time to keep the job bigly which is something that Sean Spicer just couldn't do well enough. Mm. You know, I mean, Scaramucci is smooth on TV and he's got, you know, he'll say some stupid ass shit and they'll just laugh along with him. I mean, shit, even I was I was watching. I was like, oh, yeah, he's 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 smooth. Well, I don't don't think um, Trump ever forgave Spicer for coming out in that ill fitting suit the first day (laughs) that he never forgave him for that. (laughs) And you've got a double chin. So. So that's the thing is like I mean I mean we know Scaramucci scrubbed his Twitter. There's plenty of videos of him saying shitty things about Trump, but he just wants what he can get for Wall Street and then he'll leave. So he'll say whatever he wants. So I, I mean it's hard to take him seriously. It's just <laughs> like you will sell yourself out just to get what you want and you'll align yourself with awful people. He, these people are true scum. Yes. Mhm. Yes they are. So I want to mention real quick. I mentioned it in the beginning, so I can't uh, can't leave this out. Uh, Michelle Bachman uh-huh. was on a radio show called Understanding the Times. Uh, I don't really want to advertise the show, but I just to be <laughs> accurate, uh, that's where she was, and she said that Donald Trump is a man of prayer who reads the Bible, and he hasn't taken a day off in his <laughs> effort to make America great again and take a stand for God. Oh my God. Like when you read two Corinthians, yeah. <laughs> Trump is not a Christian. He, he, he's he's going through the motions. Oh my God, he's going, going through the motions. He just says it, doesn't do anything. Yeah, going yeah. through the he's he's mimicking going through the motions. He's sure. really bad at it. Well, he he lets people put their hands on him and pray for him because that, <laughs> that's ego stroking again. Does he? I'm curious, though, because I'm sure most presidents every Sunday would make an appearance at a church somewhere, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure Obama did that. Has Does Trump do that? No. From what I have read, he is not. He has only been to church for big ceremony kind of things. Right. And the one thing that uh, is mentioned on The Friendly Atheist is that Obama was a Christian. He quoted the Bible in most of his speeches, and they were relevant quotes. They weren't just, hey, I pulled these words out, and I really don't know what they mean. (laughs) Uh, He had a faith-based advisory council full of Christians, constantly talked about his faith, and uh, Trump is just, like I said, he's just mimicking. He's just going through the motions. Oh, it's just a means to an end, yeah. It's just a manipulative manipulative tool to use against people. So do you think Bachman actually believes this, or is she just 
towing a line here. Oh, she's such an idiot. It's who knows what she believes. Who knows how that brain works? <laughs> she really hurts my soul. <laughs> she still got that gay husband. <laughs> I would imagine I'm, they're not getting a divorce. That's just right out. Ugh. And I hear that, uh, and the, the statement that he hasn't taken a day off. He yeah. has taken more days off than any president. Any I'm aware president of. ever? Yeah. Well, what they say though is, well, when he's golfing, he's work golfing though. He's you know talking to people. Mm. He's schmoozing. Even though they won't let cameras or anybody record him or anything like that. Right. So are we going to have press conference again now we got a Scaramucci in the press I don't know. Room? I think he's the type of guy who likes being in front of cameras. Yeah. No, he did say uh, he did say he suggested to the president, yeah, turn the cameras on. We got nothing to hide. <laughs> yeah. No, is he the press – I don't – what position he's is he He's a communications director. Sarah Huckabee is okay. the So she'll be the press one that's secretary. The, Yeah. Right. And supposedly they're saying – again, I don't know if this is true – that it was Sean Spicer who was – so just run down and embarrassed by the shit that he had to say that he didn't want the cameras in there. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it's possible. That Although Sarah Huckabee me. Sanders is also also does is not is okay with no cameras, so she hasn't brought them back when she's you know as the deputy. She she hasn't. Um, I don't know if she's allowed to override that rule mm. as long as right. Spicy was running the show <laughs> there. Spicy. <laughs> now I'm curious, what happens with him? You think he's going to write a tell-all book or? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a non-disclosure clause in there somewhere. Mm. I'm almost positive that Trump made them all sign non-disclosures. And can you? It doesn't matter. It's not a business. <laughs> I was gonna say, at this point, Jared, what can't you do? You're right. You're right. Why would I even ask that dumbass question? <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're living in a weird world from two years ago <laughs> where there were laws and ethics. <laughs> Back in 1783, Thomas Jefferson find, signed the first non-disclosure. <laughs> all right. That's all I have for this week. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? No, sir. I'm also satisfied. Nope. All right. So if anyone has any questions or comments, please feel free to go to the website, ProfaneArgument.com. You can leave a message there or on Twitter at ProfaneArg. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by uh, not only joining Audible, but you can leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you happen to listen, or you can share the podcast on social media. Also, I'd like to encourage everyone to check out the shows on Soon To Be Named Network, soontobenamednetwork.com. Uh, there's a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, take a listen, see if you can find something you like, because I'm pretty sure there's all sorts of stuff on there. You'll be able to find <laughs> something. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you.